Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Wake that ass up early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, Charlemagne the God here, Angela Yee. Uh, we are the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Envy is off today, but we got a special guest, man. Very requested guest. Highly requested guest. Really? Yes. Toby wow. Baker is here. <laughs> wow. What's happening, time. my brother? Man, for the first time, this is debut. I love y'all, by the way. I nah, wanna, man. I want to interview y'all. <laughs> like, I, I want to ask y'all the questions. Yeah, so we, tell me, how'd y'all get in radio? Yeah, yeah. And listen, yeah. Ida Rodriguez, I know she absolutely loves you. She yeah. always talks about you. So she hit me too. She was like, Are you going to have Tony Baker on the show? I'm like, It's already taken care of. Yes, that that is my dog right there, for no. sure. 100%. No, I had everybody hitting me from Sean King to <laughs> <laughs> the comedians like Isaiah Kelly. I'm like, yeah. well, Everybody okay. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, man, I want to be on The Breakfast Club. I always wanted to be on it. I was like, I'm doing Caroline's this weekend. That's right. Let me just, you know, put it out there in the universe. You didn't need our help for that, though, because you sold that out quick. Man, yeah, it sold out. I was like, New York pulled up. Because New York always in the comments section. When you coming to New York, son. Mm -hmm. When you word is born, son. When you coming. I was like, all right, if I come out there, buy the tickets early. And they did. Now, I saw saw a a, a bit you did when you read turn the stage, man, because I know you, condolences on your son. Oh, thank you. Know, you. But I was very intrigued because I was mm. like, how does a comedian approach something right? You know, like this? So how, how have you been holding up, first of all? This has been first, like, the scariest I've ever been comedically. Like, mm. uh, normally, like, I'm the type of comedian that I talk about whatever's going on in my life. And then I talk about, like, on the surface stuff, like, you know, observations and stuff like that. But then, you know, I, I always include what I'm going through in my life. And mm-hmm. so with that, it was like, you know, comedy. My son passed August 3rd in a car accident, for those that don't know. And then uh, I went on the road August 25th to Atlanta. So I was like, uh, and I needed the comedy. I needed to, you know, keep working and making people laugh as part of my, you know, therapy. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, uh, but I'm scared to do it because people saw me lose my son in real time. Right, right, right. So it's not like, you know, you just see me and like, man, he lost his son. But we didn't know him then, so we can kind of detach from that reality. Yeah. So now I w I'm scared to bring that material out because th the crowd is hurting too. Mm -hmm. So they're mourning with me. So it was just like, man. So I finally did it on Keep Your Distance, mm -hmm. which is a virtual comedy show that Kev on stage does. And it went it went well. I told the audience, look, man, I need to talk about this, so y'all mm -hmm. need to open up. And then they received it. Yeah, I, I just saw, felt so I saw some of the things that you, you said. Yeah. Too, so. About the cremation, like, yeah, you know, yeah, how do I know it's really him and the urn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanna know, I need to check this this dust right here. And I thought it was funny, but I was like, Am I supposed to laugh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. the weird part but yeah. it's like there, there's comedy everywhere uh, you just gotta be able to find the, the sweet spot I guess to be able to make it relative and like funny that's I, what Marlon Wayne said when he was up here he yeah. was like when you're a comedian even a funeral you can find some type oh, of absolutely. and he said that exact same thing yeah so it's like you know cause I'm sitting there mm -hmm. and I'm laughing you know I was able to laugh like you know the day he passed I'm laughing you know, crying, you know, I still cry daily, but it's like I laugh at stuff every day, too. So yeah, it's right, like, right. I was like, man, I never thought, you know, you never you never know how you're going to react to stuff until it happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm listen, I'm from the country. I'm from Moscow, yeah. South Carolina, so we laugh at everything. But I feel yeah. like sometimes with comedians, it's like an obligation to be funny. But what if I don't feel like fucking being funny right now? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And there, there's, there's those moments where it was just like, I guess it was just in me, and I found that out going through that. I was just like, man, I'm still cracking jokes. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I can't believe this. Like, at the funeral, I'm doing a set. <laughs> you know, I did 15 minutes at the funeral. Just like, yeah, man, crying. And then I would be like, yeah, he was always late. So I'm sure he was late to the afterlife, too. Mm -hmm. Like, God was like, man, <laughs> yo, I called you 20 minutes ago. What took you so long? I had to, I had to put lotion on. Yeah. You don't, you don't get ashy here. Like, you never know. You got to look good. And I, I saw you said that the crowd gets tight, right? Mm -hmm. So when crowds get uncomfortable, as a comedian, you're used to, I guess, loosening them up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So going up there, like, I'll cuss a crowd out. That's the kind of comedian what? I am. Like, <laughs> if the comedian, is, if the if the crowd is too stiff, I'll cuss them out. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if, if yeah. Cause like there's certain rooms where they'd be like, "Prove it to us," and they just sit there, arms folded, and then. I saw know. somebody bring her boyfriend to a comedy show, and he was sitting there like mad yeah. the whole time, <laughs> yeah. right in the front too. You can't be in the front with that energy. And Take then, that to yeah, the back. They ripped him. Yeah, you should be. If you're gonna be in the front, we <laughs> need the energy. Fake it. But if you're going to be arms folded, McGee, right. sit in the back. Sit your ass in the back <laughs> with that energy. You'd be like, look out, man. But with, with with this type of topic, and it's not like I was forcing myself to find the material because some comedians do too much and they feel like I have to make everything funny out of everything. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just organic. It was just like, you know, I'd be looking at my son's urn. It's right in the living room. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, how do I know that's him in there? <laughs> they could have handed me any type of... Your son. That's true, though. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yo, can I take this on Maury to make sure this is my son in here? You know what I'm saying? The DNA. You know what's so crazy about that when I heard you say it? I think I would have to watch. I know it's yeah. cruel as it sounds, only right. because they be harvesting organs and stuff. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I want to make sure y'all... Oh, you want to watch the process yeah, I when make they sure do in the get, oven. Yeah, yeah I want to yeah. make sure everything is gone. Is that you what you want sure. to be cremated also? Oh, definitely. Throw me in that oven. 375. Man, nice slow up, roast. <laughs> I want to be slow roasted. Put some seasons in there, too, if you want to. I don't know if 375 is hot enough. No, I don't think. But that's y'all yeah. want it to last like a week. Be like, slow roast me if they can. You know what I mean? So y'all yeah. want to be cremated? I haven't thought about it, I, man. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. You want to be buried? Why do you want to be cremated? Because we're running out of real estate. That is true. So you don't want to... It's okay. overcrowded. It's like, especially New York. We drove through Queens. It's all cemetery. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. So just because of overcrowding... Yeah, like, because, you know... Or they got to dig up them old bodies of people that died in 1869. You got to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to visit you no more. You died in 1869. Oh, my god. Your gosh. family moved. But that is true. I guess it's um, more inexpensive, too, like as far as mm -hmm. having to buy a plot of land and having to get right. a casket, because caskets are expensive, too. Yeah, and you dead. And then the outfit. <laughs> 
You need you an going. outfit. <laughs> what you what you care? That's you right. know what I'm saying? Just throw me in there. Yeah, because you have to have on like something nice. Yeah. You know, That's you a waste of a good outfit. <laughs> waste of a good outfit. You wasting a good suit. That's real. You know, and then you sitting there in one location. Like, what if you don't like the location no more? Your That's family real. done moved to different states. I'm like, scatter me around, put me in a put me in a garden of a nice house and just okay. Sprinkle me right there. He would love this house. Sprinkle me. The <laughs> owner would come out. What you doing out there? You just run off. Yeah. But I would but think about those there. movies where they're like, don't bury me. I'm not dead. Oh, yeah. Buried alive. Yeah. So what if like. You were still alive. Yeah. And threw you and in now the I oven? got cremated. Yeah. But you did. <laughs> they already did your autopsy. You could have woke up then. <laughs> but y'all better start thinking about this, man. It's coming. I know. We were I talking about, about it. I saw years. you post the, um, the funeral where he was yeah. in the club. Yeah, he was standing on stage, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, that's how I want my funeral, though. See? We were talking about this the other day. I want yeah. a party. Yeah. You, want us to have, you want us to have your ashes in the club? No, no, no. I want to keep my body for the for the actual party. game night. I want a game night, though. <laughs> game I don't night. want the club, because I'm not the club <laughs> uh-huh. boy. I, I feel like your funeral should be how you live your life. A lot of us ain't really church like that no more. Yeah. So I feel like having me at the church wouldn't be reflective of how I was living my life. So a game night is me. Okay, okay. You know, so prop me up at the table, Uno cards in my hand, <laughs> and you can pay your respects. You put that reverse down. Come back to his tone, reverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah. a good funeral right there. That's how I was living. Oh my or, God. or on stage with a mic. Okay. Right. Whatever you was into. Like for y'all, y'all would be propped club. up in the radio uh, station. I don't know if that's how I wanted <laughs> You got Charlemagne in the corner, you know what I'm saying, stirring the pot, so put like a pot here, and he's stirring it. Have Angela E. did with the info on yeah. the guest, like, hard-hitting questions, doing an interview, just be over here not really knowing who the guest is, and like, give me your, give me your top five such and such. Charlamagne, let me take that question over here. Give me your top five real estate investments of all time. And so, you know, because that's how we was living, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you'd you be writing books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You going? yeah, so. But that that rapper on stage, I'm like, yo, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and that's what he wanted. And the family yeah. respected that. I loved it. Yeah, they were offended that people had issues with it and were like mm-hmm. making it a meme and yeah. that it went viral the way that it did. They were like, just respect the fact this right. is what he wanted. I applauded it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I did a video on it. I was like, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is that's what you want. Should be because the church is fake. You ain't been to church in ten years. Exactly. You don't pay tithes. That's right. You know. It was just like, why are you in there in the final? And then, and God, this is God's favorite child right here. He ain't been <laughs> no matter church. what he did in life, right. what he did in life, he killed two people. <laughs> he didn't atone. Going to church online counts, though, right? Bedside yeah. Baptist, yeah, it counts. I feel because I feel like uh, my relationship with God is personal. Like I don't, I don't need the church and the and the choir and the pastor that I, I don't really trust. I don't really trust the Bible because there's too many hands involved in the creation of the written text. You know, King once King James put his name on there, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, King James be like, man, take that out, put this in. Word. You can't trust it. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just deal with God one on one. Because at the end of the day, it's just gonna be you. You know, um, I was just in a wedding, and I was wondering, do men plan their wedding out in their head from when they're younger? Like, do y'all be thinking, like, when I get married, this is how I want it to be. I want a big wedding. I want a small wedding, destination. Do y'all think about things like that? I didn't. Like, we think about marriage, but we don't think about the wedding. We just be like, yeah, man, I just want to find me a good one, you know, raise a family. We think about the the marriage itself and the family. But the wedding day, I'd be like, forget it. All right. Like, can you, it's a it's a waste of money, in my opinion. Okay. Like, like if you're rich and you balling, sure, it's just a little Go night. It. It's just a little weekend, whatever. But <laughs> when you got to save up and, like, y'all trying to get your, your earnings together, we got to save up for the wedding. Yeah. You done spent $80,000 on a wedding. Your salary is 65000 a year each, maybe. That's a good chunk. And what happened to daddy's for... paying for the wedding? Remember there was a time no, when the father paying for the wedding? Old, that don't I happen remember no that. <laughs> my, my father-in-law put in some money. Did he? Yeah, he put in a nice nice chunk of change. Y'all had a big wedding? Um, it was cool. Like, yeah. yeah, it was cool. How like, much was it? Uh, 
don't remember the I don't remember the financials, but it was like you remember. No, I really don't. Did you make enough money back from what you spent? Because you know that's part of what people hope for too when they get married. That the people who come to the wedding pay enough for their seats so that it pays for the wedding. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like price. how much do you? Yeah, how much do you the get? Price. That's the door deal. <laughs> you coming to my wedding? You're gonna be twenty dollars. You know, got to make the money back. Like if you go to a wedding, how much do you give? I ain't know. I, I ain't never gave it a wedding. You never been to a wedding? I mean, I, I've I've oh. been in weddings. I've been okay. in like several, but like going to a wedding, like a. Uh, Okay, Takara. Y'all know Takara? Mm-hmm. She's a comedian. Uh, she just got married. Okay. I gave her $1,000. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, just on the, because I couldn't make the, the wedding. I was like, here's a gift. Okay, you know, so. that's dope. That's great when people don't come and they um, give yeah, you some money. Yeah, because so I felt bad. Because yeah. they, like, they were hitting me up, because it was like, yo, we got vegan options for y'all. And I was like, man, <laughs> I ain't going to make the wedding. So I felt bad, because I knew that was a lot of planning. Right. Like, you know, because I, and I know the bride stresses over well, the, the worst is if you it. say you're going and then you don't show up. Exactly. That's the worst thing to do. And like, that's what I did. If you cancel at the last... So that's why I came through with the thousand. Oh, yeah, though. you had to. That was yeah, that guilt was money. Like, it was the guilt <laughs> gift. The guilt gift that keeps on giving. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so you, I was like, you, you were on Last Comic Standing, too, right? For yeah. For a couple seasons? I was on there for two seasons. What, what made you do that? Because I've always heard your name. Yeah. So what was the, you know... I, uh, you know, as, as comedians, I started doing stand-up in 2008. And, you know, you get on Last Comic Stand and you think your life going to change. Mm. Oh, this is NBC. This is it. This is the moment. And then I did it that first season. Um, I didn't advance. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's uh, <clears throat> I guess that's that. And then they brought me back. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I think they felt like I got robbed on that first season because I had a really good set. And they was just like, but nah. And I was like, man. And I was kind of crushed. I was like, man, because I knew I delivered. Mm-hmm. But then uh, they brought me back, and I was like, man, maybe my life will change now. And then it didn't, so I was like, all right. Cool. <laughs> what did you expect to happen? Because, like, you know, on NBC, <laughs> it's on NBC, huge platform, right. millions of people seeing you. So from there, you catapult that into, you know, headlining across the country. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a huge step. But when you don't advance, and then it's just like, you know, you don't get all that airtime, and the and the NBC execs pushing you with different projects is like, all right. So. I don't think people care no more. I think it's like you gotta. It's it's hard, right? Like, yeah, because you can be on network television and nobody will care. Like, I I know you yeah. had a small role on Carmichael show, yeah, and I saw Gerard, you know, on Saturday Night Live this past weekend. He was like, yo, I must, I might be the least famous host to ever host this show. And this is a man who had it. A sitcom on NBC for right. three seasons, HBO uh-huh. specials, been yep. in big movies and everything. Right. So I don't think pe- I don't know if people care about that the, stuff the, no more. The dynamic has changed because you really don't need. Uh, there's people on. They've been on the uh, show for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. You go to their social media. Maybe they got 50k followers or whatever, and people just under the radar. Like if you're black on like a CBS sitcom, mm. you on there for eight nine seasons. But it, it seems like you're not even popping on social media. Because, That's right. You know, once the black community gets you, <laughs> That's right. they can make you look like a superstar. A superstar. No, you're right. And so, but you're getting, you're getting good money. You're getting that CBS money. But in, in terms of, like, celebrity, it's just your Nobody key. Nobody Right. And so for us, you know, uh, building, now, you know, I just built a social media platform to where, you know, I could, I could bring people to comedy clubs now. So... You know, I've superseded the the need for NBC. Granted, I would still love a sitcom, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I put it in the people's hands now to where I don't need Hollywood to eat. And so that's a beautiful place to be in. So it's like, like the village was like, yo, breakfast club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, everybody. Yeah. I was like, why didn't he just ask us? <laughs> you know, I didn't think y'all knew me. Yeah, of course. None of y'all, you just follow me. Well, yeah, you don't follow me, though. So I followed you back. But you didn't follow me either. Well, I, you know, I was watching from a distance. <laughs> I follow you? No, you don't either. None of y'all you. do. None of Why the hell I be seeing your video? I don't know. But <laughs> I, I like y'all follow y'all you, Tony. Because it was like, I don't Because you DM'd me. me. And I saw it. I could. That, that's the only reason I could see it. Man, you, you just seen, I just sent that the other day, man. But look that's what it. I'm saying. I don't I don't check my DMs. I can only see it from people who I follow. Let me see. I'm going to look yeah, right now. Yeah, cue it up, man. Pull All right, so up. look. You guys just talked about Gerard Carmichael. Did you watch his special? Yes. Rothania. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't laugh a lot, mm-hmm. but I loved it. <laughs> I'm for real. No, though. it was. God damn, Because it was Tony. like a community real, yeah. gathering where he's interacting with the yes. audience. It felt like It felt like he wasn't forcing the jokes. He wasn't forcing the comedy. It was like... You can laugh or you can not. 
when he when he came out, I feel like the the laughter revved up after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was some good good things in there, but mm-hmm. it felt very personal. It felt like a conversation. And, you know, there was a moment in there that hit me personally when he said his mom was silent. Right. So that hit me personally because I feel like when I lost my son, my dad and my oldest brother, they just fell back. And mm. I was just like, yo. And I told him, I was like, yo, mm. y'all don't have to give me space here. Like, I need y'all around. And he was like, yeah, we hear you, but uh, we're going to give you space anyway. You know why, man? That's so It's so difficult when you have a loved one and they lose somebody really close to them because you right. don't know how to show up for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yep. let them know I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah. But I don't know how to show up for you. It's right. weird, man. It's, it's yeah. strange. And that and that's and that's why I told him I was like, you you don't have to when people are grieving, I think we overthink it a lot and we be like, man, I got to come in there and I got to I got to hit them with some hard hitting. I got to come in and say, you know, I got to have that quote. God puts things in in place <laughs> exactly. to where we you don't have to do all that. You can just be like, for me, I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> like notoriously, don't call me. And so all I need is a text, like <laughs> thinking of you, love you, bro. There's, there's my uh, my boy Demetrius. He texts me every single day, love you, bro. And that's all I need. Why do you hate talking on the phone? I hate talking on the but phone. But why? Former drug dealer, PTSD. No, because oh. you got to you got to show up first of all. On the phone. On the phone, you got to be there. You got to have <laughs> energy. You got to have the back and forth. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people just want to call you no, that's real. and and talk to you and vent, and you just sitting there taking it, and I wasn't ready to take it. Oh, so now man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> now I'm that's crazy to death. And then it's like you got to be on. Then when you get quiet, it's like, man, you good? Why are you quiet? I'm just, I, 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 this is all I got. <laughs> so all of that, I got to prep for it. <laughs> so it's like, man, what you want? So you seem like you would be a phone talker from watching like your podcast and stuff yeah. like that. It feels like you would be like a good phone conversationalist. Right. I mean, I can, I can, I can hang in there. I can hold my own. <laughs> But if I don't feel like talking, I just be Man. like, "That's crazy, Angela." Yep, that's yeah. crazy. Man. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta hang in there. You know what I'm saying? Take it one day at a time. You got you people that take advantage quiet... of that. You got people that take advantage of that. Like they know what time to call you. Like let me call him like around 9:30 a.m. when he's just getting up. This is what I know people do. They'll text me and then I'll text back and they'll call me right after that. Cause, so they, <laughs> they know. know you're they, your, you have your phone. Exactly. Yep. They know you can answer right now. Yeah. And I still watch it die. I will watch that phone call die off in my hand. I'll be like. <laughs> or if you post something on social media and then they call you right after, they're like, boom. I know he's on his phone. Mm-hmm. He just posted He just posted this. Yeah. And I see it, too. I'm like, I just posted it. Now they call me. <laughs> I will watch that phone call die off. <laughs> Do you ever not post because you don't want anybody to call you? Yes. That's I've done that. <laughs> so you don't like the phone either. Uh, I talk on the phone. You know when I talk on the phone for real? When I'm in the car, mostly. Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm driving and I got the Bluetooth, yeah. it's easier for me. Like, while I'm just driving, because I got to be here anyway. There's right. nothing else I could really be doing mm-hmm. at the you, same time. You can multitask, yeah. especially when you got the, the good, when you talking to them, like, it's like they're in the ceiling of the car. <laughs> You're just like, yes, I told it right. And sometimes you got to, you know, take it one day at a time. Yeah. I can do it then. But if I'm at home, nah, man, text. No, you know what I was going to say? Back to Gerard Carmichael. Mm-hmm. He had these silences that were powerful, too. Yeah. And sometimes when people are quiet, like you were saying on the phone, when they're like, you good? Yeah. But that can be a powerful moment. How is it for you on stage when it's kind of like quiet? quiet? I don't like it. Right. I don't. I do not like silence on stage unless, unless it's that type of night where I'm just really just like sitting on stage and like I know the crowd. It, dep- it actually depends. If it's my fans to where they know me, then I'm more comfortable with like a quiet pause and they know I'm thinking about some things. But if it's like I'm featuring for somebody, I'm just doing a show where I got to I got to keep it going like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Once it gets quiet, I'm like, oh, snap. I got to – I can take a quick break if I know it's going well, but I got to go out there and hit you back to back to where – I don't want you to have time to get your feet together. Right. Like I want you to be like, oh man, just 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 give me a moment. Nah, nah, I want to kill you. <laughs> My goal is to make somebody die laughing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think I can get there. But if I can, if I can make you spit your drink out, mm-hmm. choke, or just like, no, nah, man, please, or the tears are running, I'm like, yes. Is stand up getting easier or harder? Because a lot of my stand up friends feel like it's getting harder. I don't think it's getting harder. 
Mm. Uh, you mean in terms of how people react to it? Yeah, because they was like, you know, with the with the live podcast nowadays, mm-hmm. and they was like, yo, people just, like, they don't feel like the stand-up, I guess, watchers, viewers, or people who come to the show are actual stand-up connoisseurs anymore. Oh, yeah. There's that because we like listening <clears throat> to you on the, you know, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So they come in, they don't really know the art of stand-up. Mm-hmm. So they don't really, they're not always the best audiences. Mm-hmm. They're just excited, but they're not really getting the nuances of the jokes and yeah. anything like that. And um, so I can see that. And plus, you know, people are more sensitive now. And like, you know, um, you got everybody eggshelling it up. So it's like, so it's all these things in place. But I feel like stand-up comedy is hot, though. Right. Like, you know, it's popping. And I feel like that's a good thing. And then people, I just hate that people think it's so easy to do. Oh, it's not. Yeah, people think they can just go up there and be like, "Man, I could do this." No, it's, yeah. the, it's it's probably one of the most difficult things to do on a stage. Yeah, you can perform a song, mm-hmm. you can do a live podcast, get up there and and go one on one with that crowd and see man. what happens. <laughs> it's scary, man. I and I get nervous. I, I did the cellar last night for the first time. Oh, wow. I was nervous. Wow, that's McGee. your first time at first the cellar. Yeah, everyone goes to the cellar. Man, too. And you I've never know drooling. who's gonna pop up. Oh, I've been drooling for the cellar. Like every time I come to New York, I'll be. Standing out there like, man, I want to get in there. You know what I'm saying? And so I finally did it last night. What's the night. process to get in? Um, you, Well, I heard you have to get three references from regulars at the cellar. That's Dominica. one. Uh, Dominica, she spoke for me. Uh, Jackie Fabulous did. Mm. Will Savants. Um, oh, yeah. Artie Fuqua. And uh, Sherrod Small, like all 12 references. Oh, man, it was like mad references coming <laughs> yeah. in, but the lady was still like, look out. Mm-hmm. And so Will put me on his show last night. And so I was like, man, so that was finally, you know, me stepping onto one of the stages that they have. So I'm like, bucket list. Because I want to come to New York and just be out here for like a month or two and just hit New York stages. Where do y'all live out here, How was man? it? I live in Brooklyn. You live in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Is it crazy expensive? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's just dumb. Yeah, it is. It is. I, New York is one of the most expensive places. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I is your place small? I have a two-family brownstone, so, but it's not big like it should be for what it costs. And it's $6 million, ain't it? <laughs> no, it's not $6 million. It's, it's, it's I'm not there. $3 million. <laughs> mm. Yes. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You live in New York too? No, I live in Jersey. Oh, Jersey. I'm a country okay. boy, man. I need space. Grass and trees. Yeah. Right. I like seeing deers run through the yard. Is deers in Jersey? Hell yeah. Really? Man, yes. I got packs of I got you know my wife said that she sees more deers up here than we did when we used to live in the Carolinas. Really? That's what she says. I'm like, you know what? You might be right. It's only because of how they how they move. Yeah. Down south, you might see them run across the road. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? They're a little bold. Here. If you're in the woods oh. hunting, you see them. Yo, man, bold. They be they I got hit by a deer driving to um Great Adventure once in in New Jersey. You got a deer hit? ran into the side of my car, like wow. into the passenger side. Did it survive? I don't know. I kept going. I wasn't gonna. I mean, I, it was dark. What oh, really yeah, happened was yeah. my friend lost his keys on the ride, uh-huh. and so we had to drive back to get his spare keys, and yeah. then I had to drive him back to Great Adventure so he could get his car because he didn't have. He had to leave his car there. Yeah. So while we were driving back, he was asleep. It was dark out, and then boom, something hit the car. And it just ran out from the side and ran into the side of the car. Technically, that's Dang. the deer fault. It's it always is. the deer fault. They always put it on the deer. It is though. The deer. Well, he did. He because he t-boned y'all. Yeah. So yeah. like, if y'all went to court, you in there with the deer, and the deer is like, Your Honor, they hit me, and then they go to the <laughs> evidence and be like, Well, her car got the dent on the side. You came in hot. Mm-hmm. It's probably a male. I was scared that. I, I mean, I was happy that I didn't. It didn't run out, and I hit it head yeah, on. You know what I'm right. saying? That would have been worse. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. For me. But I wasn't gonna stop up. and try to help her or anything. You know. So you hit it dead on from the front. Hopefully it wasn't a person. Now that I'm thinking about it, it could have been a no, person. It, <laughs> you don't know what it was. First of all, might have been Bigfoot. <laughs> Somebody could have been getting chased by a killer, and then they were like, help, and they hit the side of the car. You kept going, Angela. I definitely did. It was dark. Do, do the deer in your community wear Timberlands? <laughs> I feel like they got Tim's on, they mad pigeon toe, they jersey. They got Jordans. Yeah, they just like, yo, son, let, let us that's get in, what that's you got. Not, that's in New Jersey, though. They don't, you know. They don't do Tim's in Jersey? Yeah, hell yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. I feel like uh, They don't Tim's talk is, like that. They don't talk like that? Yeah. They talk like Red Man. 
<laughs> like Reggie, you know what I mean? They talk like Lauryn Hill. I don't know. Who else from Jersey? Queen Latifah? Naughty by Nature. Oh, I love music, man. I could talk music all Wu-Tang's day. Wu-Tang's your favorite. Wu-Tang is my, uh, actually my favorite group is uh, The Roots. Okay. But Wu-Tang changed my life pretty much. Really? How? Just because, like, when Wu-Tang hit, I'm 44. So, you know, I was born in 77. So I remember when hip-hop got kind of stacked. Because I've always leaned towards East Coast hip-hop. And so it got kind of stagnant around, like, uh, the early 90s. When the West Coast started dominating, it was like, it was good, you know, Dr. Dre, what he was doing and stuff like that. But then they were relying too much on, like, the same kind of beats for a while. And I was just like, and I know people going to be mad at me in the comments section. They're going to be like, well, first of all, West Coast. <laughs> but I just got kind of bored. And then... When Wu-Tang hit, I got in my boy's car, Larone, he was driving, and they were listening to The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Mm -hmm. And ODB's verse was on. I was like, yo, who the hell is this? Mm -hmm. He was like, this is Wu-Tang Clan. I said, who? Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, yo, I ain't never heard nothing like this. And I kept asking him. I'm like, yo, what was we listening to earlier today? (laughs) And so I was like, yo, Larone, man, let me me borrow your Wu-Tang. CD, you know, and, and I was just hooked. You know, you had a tape, other than no CD. It was actual. It was a. It was a tape for sure. <laughs> First time tape. I heard Wu Tang was definitely on tape. It was and on you cassette. heard all the skits, and you were like, "What's going on?" Because you know, I grew up on on karate movies, as we called mm-hmm. them, and I was just like, "Yo, this is every. This is this is everything." And it was like, I, I, I'm a comic book head, so it was like all they right. had a team, and everybody brought a different style. And I was just like, "Yo, this is everything I've ever wanted in Same. life." And so uh, they brought me back to hip hop. Right. So after that, Illmatic came out, and I was just like, this is everything. Mm-hmm. I stole the room's Illmatic CD. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because Shaheem came out. Shaheem the Rugged Child. I bought his tape. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, yo, Larone, man, mm-hmm. I got Shaheem's new one. Let me hold that Illmatic. <laughs> and I never gave him the Illmatic back. That's a classic. Wow. I never gave him to this day. And your favorite Wu-Tang member is Ghostface? Yes. That's okay. my favorite rapper of all time. Ghostface is all time? All time. Now, listen, I love Jay. Jay is, Jay is uh, Ghost has always been my personal favorite of yeah. all time. And over the years, Jay has gotten there, too. Right. But so, yeah, my two favorite rappers of all time, Ghostface and Jay-Z. I like about Ghostface is he'll name people. You don't know who he's talking oh, yeah. about, but yep. he'll tell a story and he'll name the people. Like, yes. And you're like, I don't know who that is, but I'm all he's in. really telling a story. He's one of the best storytellers in rap. <laughs> I think he has the best rap name, and I wish he would have stayed hidden, hidden for right? a long time. The whole time. time. <laughs> like, if he, we never saw his face, but that would have been so dope. And I feel like he has the best discography in the woo. That's a solo. That's a fact. I think he does yeah. great songs for women too, because he's oh, yeah. really good at doing those R and B like yep. passionate songs. Because he's not, he's not, he's not too cool to be vulnerable right. over a woman on the track. He'd mm-hmm. be crying. He'd be like, "Man, mm-hmm. I did this for you." And his feelings <laughs> is hurt. He's still rugged. He's like still... that wildflower song. Remember oh, that song? Man. I was like, first of all, yep, your friend. You can never put that out now. I, I just see you know that. Man, never. No, no, not really. I mean, except for the you know, cause the couple. References to smacking up, but you know, yeah. what I mean? he didn't say he did it. Right. He said he wanted to. He wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And we've yeah, been yeah. there, you know. You yeah, wanted to deliver hands, mm-hmm. and some of us have. I should have smacked you, but the God said, "Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your wisdom. God handle that in the lap." <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't do it. Ghostface, to me, and he, you know what? Early on, when I first listened to Wu, I didn't think he would end up being my favorite. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Method Man stood out because he had Absolutely. his own track. And Raekwon was all over that, that right. first one. So, you know, they but Inspector Deck, to me, is the most underrated. Absolutely. I always say that, too. Yeah, because he was, every time he would Super kick lyrical. off a track, I'd be like, yo, this dude. I bomb atomically, though. Oh. Socrates' <laughs> philosophies and God prophecies can't define how I'll be dropping these. Mockeries. Guests. Lyrically perform on robberies. Man, it's. With the lottery. See, Wu-Tang is special. Yeah, very. And so, who's your favorite rapper? Of all time? All time, right here, right now. I don't know if I... You know, it changes for me all the time, but if I had to say... I have favorite albums. Uh-huh. I don't know that I have favorite rappers. Like, I have albums that I love. What's your favorite album? Favorite hip-hop album? You got to take I mean, one on the, the space shuttle. You out of here. <laughs> I mean, you know I'm a big Wu-Tang fan, too. That was my first job. I yeah. interned there, and then my first job out of college was working with Wu-Tang. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, dang. So the first Wu-Tang album, Liquid Swords, was a classic Yes, TV, You know, only yes. built for Cuban links. They mm-hmm. all, you know, all of those classic albums. You taking Illmatic one. Illmatic was 
big for me. I actually, growing up in Brooklyn, um, I also really liked Black Moon. Oh, yeah, man. Black I Moon. got your open remix. Buckshot, Smith uh, & Wesson. Come on, man. Smith & Wesson. Uh, that first The Shining album. Oh, my God. OGC. Elsa Skelter. Crazy. But you I, don't be hiding from this question. No, I'm, that's what I'm trying to think about, all the <clears throat> albums. And, of course, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Oh, yeah, that's... That was a huge album for me. Like, yeah. that, I feel like there's nothing you skip on that. That was a moment in time that was special. Oh, yeah. When that album dropped, it was like, I had just went to New Mexico State, bought that album opening day, and the whole campus was just... We was listening to that every day. It was just like, yo, this Lauryn Hill album, we was just like... I listen to X Factor every day. I was gonna say that song makes oh, me cry. Awesome. Man, <laughs> I hate that. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't hate that song. I love that song. The reason I hate that song is because when my mom was going through uh, her divorce with my pops, yeah, she used to play that song every day. And at the time, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I just was like, "Oh, mom, cool as hell. She listening yeah. to Lauryn Hill." But as I got older, I realized she was listening to that song over and over because she yeah. was going through it. That you was know what I'm saying? Her soul oh, right Lord, there. have mercy. And that man. was a period when soundtracks were really important. Yeah, remember when soundtracks were like your favorite album? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Above the Rim. <laughs> yeah, above uh, the rim. New Jersey Drive had a dope sound. Mm-hmm. Love Jones soundtrack. Oh, come on, to this day. Oh, I listen to that fire. to this day when you with the woman. Fire. When you with your lady. <laughs> Wait, oh my sale. god. Wait, next sale is a phenomenal. Phenomenal song. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. All women. What's the, what album was Just Me and You on? Tony, Tony, Tony. Just Me and You, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, that was great. Boys too. in the Hood soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 before you go, Tony, I want to ask you this. I, I don't want to go back to your song. Go back to it, man. But I know, I know uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a street racer killed him? Yeah, so uh, so they were racing on uh, Glen Oaks in Burbank, California. We lived in Burbank. And um, so he had just left my apartment. And then they were going to this little this little peak where you can just go and look out over the city or whatever. So they were they were making a turn, uh, and so the the cars were racing. It was two cars racing, might have been three, and they just they t boned them. And so they uh, it was three of them that passed away. You know his best friend Jaden and Natalie. So they uh, they died on impact. Mm. Thank God. That's that that really helped me too through this loss was because you know I looked for the blessings within the tragedy. It was like yo, we could have been in a situation where, you know, he might have been vegetative, and we had to come to the decision to pull the plug. We didn't have to go through that, you know, or you know, just any type of suffering and yeah, like suffering like that. They said he died instantly, so it was no, you know, he never knew what hit him. I was like, oh, thank God. And so you know, there wasn't a murder. Like they weren't murdered. So that helps me with anger issues, even though, you know, it's still like, man, what were you doing? But I know those kids didn't intend to kill people when they left the house at night. They they did dumb shit. Yes. But I, I can't hold that uh, anger towards them because, you know, it won't serve me. I was going to ask cause you, so you forgive them, basically. It's not, not necessarily forgiveness, but it's like um, I'm not really like, I saw one of them in court. And I was just like, I looked, and I was just dead behind the eyes towards I was just like, it was emotional to be in court because it feels so business-like and final and real. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I ain't, I ain't going to keep coming back to court, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when I saw him, I was just like, that's that's one of them. And I was just like, I didn't get angry, though. It wasn't like, you know, because deep down I know it was an accident. Mm-hmm. They were dummies, but, you know, um, Cause then I think about those families that had to deal with like homicide to where their kids were murdered, mm-hmm. and then you got to deal with that anger or even like suicide. You know, I'm thankful that it wasn't that. And another blessing is me and my son were good. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody says what a great dad. Yeah, that's, you know, we were good. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it was just like we had a great relationship. So mm-hmm. there was no regret or no like, man, maybe if you know there was no underlying beef that we had. It was just a Love. good vibe. Yeah. So with that, like, you know, if I had to live with the, the weight of, man, I wish I would have told them, I'd be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Were they apologetic in court, or did anybody ever reach out? Did they? Just... I haven't heard from the family of the of the other drivers. And, like, you know, they went in there. Because, you know, they're going to they gonna fight for their kids' lives yeah, as yeah, a family. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be in there, like, then they're probably going to try to slander anybody up that they can. But, you know, the guy I saw... He just looked kind of, you know, regular, kind of down, but not, you know. So it was kind of hard to gauge. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they feel, I would hope they feel terrible. I would hope. 
you know, but you, you never know. And I hope, you know, lessons were learned. And, you know, I feel bad for their family because, you know, their lives were, were changed. But at least they still have their right. sons, you know. But we can't say the same. And shout out to, you know, Jaden's family and uh, Natalie's family. But Is it hard to feel like, um, is it hard to not feel like your, your son got robbed? Oh, yeah, I feel that all the time because he was just getting started. 21, he was 21. Um, he was into music, so his raps were getting better, you know, because he was always be like, because he, he knows that I'm very much into, you know, lyricism. Mm -hmm. And, like, so, you know, the stuff he was listening to, I'd be like, man, I ain't really with this. You know? <laughs> like so, what? Like, uh, oh, well, I don't want to put it out. And then uh, they'd be like, oh, you ain't feeling okay. me. But, like, uh <laughs> But like you know, but the some one. people aren't lyrical, but they have great music. But it might not be lyrical because yeah. that's what you like, right? So it was just like, all right, this is his thing because you know mm -hmm. he does, he does, he did like Kendrick and Cole and like you know Drake, the three. I call them the three kings right now. Oh, absolutely. So he did like that. So that's something we could listen to together. We listen to Good Kid, Mad City, and we both rapping with it. But then the other cast that he would listen to, he would tell me about them. I'd be like, okay, okay. We shot an episode for. Uh, all deaf, like old heads versus young heads, mm -hmm. and I I brought Mob Deep to the table. He brought Money Bag Yo. Right. And okay, so th that's Money Bag Yo. Is yeah, that? and I was listening to Money Bag for the right. first time through him, and I was just like, Yo, it's not bad. No, Money Bag you know, be Mob Deep had a classic album too. And I hit him oh, with the, the shook ones. Mm -hmm. I hit him with that. And he was just like, why you like this so much? And I was like, man, listen to what they saying. Mm -hmm. Like, when they came out with this, this, that, and the third. Eye for an eye, that was my favorite. Oh, eye for an eye. I feel like, you know, the infamous is in my top five all time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I saw Revolt TV posted something yesterday about what album from the 90s defined your 90s. Yeah. And it was like infamous, ready to die, Illmatic, you know. Yeah. Uh, ready to die. I forgot what else was up there, but I was like, it's infamous for me, actually. Infamous is top three. My top three albums of all time hip hop. I'm giving the real answers, Angela. She bailed out several I, times. Well, I was trying to think because <laughs> you know I never I mean? thought about what is the, but I gave some good ones. You did. You okay. did. But you see, I still made a solid decision. Lil' Kim. That was a good album. Mm -hmm. um, so, Illmatic is my favorite album to ever exist, okay. any genre. Uh, End of the Wu Tang and the Infamous by Mob D. It's mad East Coast. I know. It's people like, man, you don't like the West. I do like the West. <laughs> but those three are probably my holy trinity of hip hop. Because, yeah, albums. The Chronic is a classic album, too. It is. I like Doggy Style better and than Doggy The Chronic. Doggy Style, yep. Yeah. I think my three would be Only Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon, mm -hmm. TM 101 by Jeezy, mm -hmm. and probably The Blueprint by Hove. Okay. That might be my top three. All time. Yeah, that might be. You you do the South in there. My my favorite album from the South is probably. I said might be though. I'm not sure be. about that. I never thought about it. Yeah. Y'all don't be. be thinking about these things. No, no I just got my junk. Y'all <laughs> don't be thinking about this. this See, you now Envy would have had it. Yeah. Envy would have had it. So what's your top five? <laughs> <laughs> top five grieving moments when your son passed. I'm like man, all right. So when I first got the news, that's number one. You know what I'm saying. Number two is like, you know. He's going to ban you. And we probably would ask that. <laughs> Top five moments. So who's on your Mount Rushmore of grieving? Who's on your Mount Rushmore? <laughs> <laughs> Finding a crying hard that first day. That's, that's on there. Uh, the funeral, you know. Now, look, I know you keep up with current events, so I want to ask you with this mm -hmm. whole T.I. situation. Yeah. Doing stand-up. We saw the whole thing that just happened with uh -huh. him. You know, in the club, he didn't like what uh, she had to say about the allegations. Yeah. I want to know what you think about that. Cause about, oh, yeah. So, I've, rule number one, as a comedian, we never heckle each other. Right. That's rule one. That's right? what I was saying, right? Because comedians don't heckle other comedians. We do not heckle mm -hmm. each other. That's just a rule that we, we abide by. And so, you know, that lets me know T.I. is new to the game because, you know, we don't do that. Right. You know, and uh, I was just like, man. And then when she came with the receipts of, you know, what he said to her, because it was just like, all right, because, you know, I like to get to, and I know Tip, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I hit him on the side. I hit him on the side and be like, so what really happened? I haven't hit him about this. <laughs> but earlier with the thing with him and Godfrey, I was like, right. you know, I sent him a text. <laughs> but he, Tip is a caller. Yeah. So Definitely. And then now we, you got to. You text home. Tip, he yeah. called. Yeah, he called me he right called. back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I that's can't. That's crazy, Tip. Yeah, that's wild, man. It's crazy, man. Stand up. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I feel like Tip has a lot to learn about just the the game that he's coming because he's coming in from a different field. Like you got to be aggressive and like you know make the moves in hip hop to to acquire the status that he has acquired. So coming into this new arena, um, there's just certain rules and, and like what are the rules? Rules are you don't you don't heckle other comedians. You don't run the light. Um, you know, so that's when the red light comes on. You have like two minutes to get yes. off. I done seen him broke both of them. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> man, he, he running the light. He heckling comedians. So it's just like, man. So he, he's learning as he goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, T.I. is the utmost in confidence. So he's like, hey, man, I'm going to just do what I got to do. Because the pressure's off. I told, I told him, I was like, yo, you have to be mindful of the privilege that you have. Like, right. you know, you are privileged coming in as a superstar Already, you're going to get prime real estate comedic slots to perform on. So um, within that, you know, comes the it's a gift and the curse. Like the gift is you're going to get good spots. The curse is if you fumble, if you don't do well, you bomb or whatever, everybody's going to know it. They're going to see it. They're going to post about it. So, you know, we were able to come up. If we bombed in the Bronx, I bombed in the Bronx one time. I'm going to bring this up all the time. And I had shorts on. I think it was the shorts that I had on. That's the reason I bombed. Um, (laughs) Nobody knew. Just just the people at the show itself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not online. So he has that gift and that curse of if he does stumble, it's going to be out there. Right. Like this is what he did with the with the girl the other day. It was a stumble. It was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But everybody, everybody knows it, it now. You know, as opposed to us being low key and under the radar. I just want to know who won the bet. Who got the million dollars? Did he I, actually call it a B word or did he not? He he said it because they had video. Yeah. And so <laughs> so everybody was like, "Yo, pay up the money." Yeah, he's got to pay. Give, give her that money. And so he went live with her uh, last night. They were together in, in lieu the of the million dollars. In lieu like, of the million. So, <laughs> So it was like, <laughs> so she was just like, she said she didn't want the money. Listen, yeah. girl, call me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I, I heard what you're saying, and uh, I know you got it. Let me get it. Um, but so, but he did, he did post her. So mm-hmm. her followers have gone up right since this incident. That's dope. So she stood her ground too. She, she stood like, her ground. Uh, she stood firm, and I feel like. She's got it. She's got good exposure now, so hopefully she can run with that and build something off that. But but her followers went up a lot, so and that that can equal money in this right. game, mm-hmm. the social media currency. Well, Tony, I got a flight to catch, man. Oh, where you going? I got to. I got to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like to say where I'm going, but oh, no, I can say this yeah, tomorrow. He's going to Virginia. Yeah, I'm going to Virginia. I got to go speak at Norfolk State. Oh, look at you. Man. Yeah, yeah, Proud yeah, of you, yeah, man. Yeah. You're doing good things. Thank man. you, man. You all out here, man. Let me shout. Can I shout out? Please, of course, yes. of course. Uh, I'm at Carolina's all weekend, but it's the, sold out. It's sold out. So, oh, never mind. I tried to tell people <laughs> get your tickets early. Uh, New York pulled up. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kev on stage because he is my friend, and he is. He has. I want y'all to have him on the Breakfast Club when you get a chance. Let's do it. You say he's your best friend. He's he's one of my best friends <laughs> because um, he he really looks out for me and he's like unselfish with his you know love for me and stuff like that. And he has an app, mm-hmm. Kev on Stage Studios app, black on app that he has because we can't wait for Netflix. And right. I feel like everybody should get in on the content that he has going. Um, I want to give a shout out to my crew, uh, Brandon Lewis, Keenan Baker, Keon Poley, and DC Irvin, and Chaz, even though he stepped away from comedy. But uh, listen to the Daddy Issues podcast, listen to the Verbal Cardio podcast, my producer, uh, Sabrina Castro. She's also my woman, my companion, my partner. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think that's, I know I'm forgetting. Give me your Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram is at Tony Baker. On Instagram, Tony Baker Comedy on Twitter, Tony Baker Comedy on Facebook. But uh, rock with me, man. I'm out here. Um, Do you mind talking to Sabrina on the phone? Uh, even even with her, like she she knows, like, look, I know you don't like talking on the phone, but <laughs> this, this, that, and the third. And then she'll hop off. My mom does the same thing. So it's like people know, like, right. you know, you tell people what you don't like. Some people try to force it. Yes. And be like, look, I'm special. What That's Ida that? Rodriguez. Ida Rodriguez hates <laughs> the fact that I hate talking on the phone. She's like, look, we going to talk. So she'll send me voice notes. Okay, voice yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. So, and she gave me a shout-out. She gave Serene a shout-out on her comedy special. Yeah. And Serene is my son. She gave him a shout-out at the end of her special. Wow. 
And uh, I got an HBO special coming out, hosted by Marlon Wayans, called nice. The Headliners. It's been on HBO Max April 21st. I'm going to give a shout out to Marlon Wayans. Well, Tony Baker, thank yeah. you for coming, my brother. Yeah, um, you got to so, come back again. Oh, if y'all want, don't promise me a good time. Absolutely. Done. That's done. Because <laughs> I got y'all DMs now. <laughs> Follow us now. Oh, man, it's over for y'all, man. <laughs> it's Tony Baker. He's the Breakfast Club. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hills and Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.